Guys, this is Josh. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Movement Youth. For now, let's head to this week's message at Collective, which is every Wednesday night at 645. Hey, turn to your neighbor and say, let's go. Hey, we're going to jump right into it. I have really enjoyed it. I don't know about you. I hope you've learned something so far in this series. I've enjoyed preaching it. It's been a whole lot of fun to talk about. Last week, we talked about singleness. This week, we're talking about uh, dating. Next week, we'll be talking about marriage and some other things. Um, but we've just gotten such great feedback from people messaging us and some people that go to this youth group, some people that are, are actually out of town, they watch it or they listen to it online, and they just said that God spoke to them through his word. And so let's just give God praise that his word always speaks to us wherever we're at. And uh, what we're going to do in a few minutes, we're going to open the Bible and we're going to try to apply God's word to our lives in the area of dating and relationships. And if you're here for the first time, can we give it up for our first timers one more time? Can we give it up for our first timers? You did something cool by being here because uh, I don't know about you guys. Most, most nights I don't feel like going out. Can I get an amen? I don't, uh, anybody else, you're just a, a homebody. I like to be lazy and I got to force myself. No, go do things. Go be with people. That's better. God designed this for community. Um, and and you, you could have stayed home watching Netflix. You could have done something really boring, but you came here. And so I want to congratulate you on that. But like I said, we're starting uh, the second part of the series tonight, and uh, it's, it's going to be a whole lot of fun, but it's, it's tricky. I'll be honest. Talking about dating is tricky. Uh, some of you guys, you're, you're in a dating relationship, uh, or you have been recently, or maybe you're thinking about dating somebody, so this is more readily applicable. Some of you guys, though, you're in a season of life where you're like, I am not planning on dating anybody anytime soon. Well, that's good. That's why God designed notebooks so you can take down notes and maybe learn, or, you know, apply some of these things a little bit later. Um, but regardless, this is going to be a passage that speaks to all of us, even if you're like, no, I am going to be single my entire life. Trust me, this is a really, really uh, great passage. But like I said, it's tricky. It's tricky because uh, the Bible says a whole lot about singleness, and the Bible says a whole lot about marriage. The Bible doesn't talk a whole lot about dating. Say dating. If you Google the word dating, you almost find, like, Bible verses about dating in uh, the Bible, whatever, verses about dating, scriptures about dating. You're not really going to find much. That word is almost nowhere in the scriptures because it wasn't a social con construct at the time, right? It, this is how it worked. And some of you guys, this would be fantastic for you. If this is how things were done today, some of you guys would lose your minds. You're like, this is, that sounds terrible. I'm never going to do that. But in biblical times, especially in Jewish families and Jewish culture, what they would do is, is mom and dad would go ahead and like pick your future wife or your future husband. How many of you guys think that's a good idea? By show of hands, how many of you think, heck no. So if, if that's you, just say, heck no. Is heck a bad word? Are we allowed to say that in church? I'm really, really sorry if that's a bad word. But anyways, uh, if your parents are like, don't say that. But your parents would go and choose your future spouse, your future husband or wife, and they would maybe consult you a little bit. They'd be like, hey, what do you guys think? You think this is good? Okay, we're doing it anyways. And then they would exchange some gifts, and then you would have like an official proposal, and then a short time later you would actually be married. Like you would officially tie the knot. But there was no dating. There was like no, hey, I'll swing by your house, pick you up around 7. We'll go to the AMC, watch a movie, maybe, maybe get something to eat. There was nothing like that. And that, really the whole idea of dating came around like 200, 300 years ago in uh, the culture that we're living in today as we know it today. And it was just designed, hey, how can, how can uh, single people meet other single people, right? 
It was, the, it was, it was Christian Mingle and, and, and FarmersOnly.com before any of that thing existed. They just said, hey, let's, let's date. And then maybe some people did dating the wrong way, and then some people said dating is evil or dating is bad, and maybe your parents are like, yeah, you're never dating. And so, how many of you guys, uh, girls, make some noise. Girls, make some noise. Girls, make some noise. Where are girls at? Some of you guys, your, your daddy's little girl, and your dad is like, yeah, you can date when you're 30 and you marry, right? Um, and, and your dads are really protective, and that's a good thing. But what I'm worried about is sometimes because there's almost no scriptures, there's no Bible verses that specifically talk about dating, what happens a lot of times is pastors do one of two things. Christians do one of two things. Either one, they don't talk about dating, which I think is dumb. Or two, they don't uh, talk about dating. They actually use marriage verses, Bible verses that are talking about marriage, and try to apply them to dating, which is sometimes dangerous. Because if you don't talk about it, hey, a lot of you are going to date at some point or another, right? Um, and maybe that isn't your plan right now, but at some point you may very well date, even if it's in college later. And so if we don't talk about it all, if we don't talk about how to do it right, I think that's dumb. I think we're going to end up making some mistakes because we didn't discuss how to do it the right way or how to do it in a godly way. And then if we use Bible verses that talk about marriage and try to apply them to dating and we think dating is the same as marriage, you're going to get, like, heartbroken and you're going to have a lot of confusion. So I don't want confusion tonight. I want clarity. Um, but the alternative, what we're going to do tonight, instead of ignoring it, instead of trying to use Bible verses to, to say what they don't, were intended to say, we're going to take principles from God's word that uh, talk about life and, and, and really our heart and apply them to the concept of dating. If you think we can do it, say, we can do it. All right, some of you are like, I don't know, maybe we can do it. Uh, you need a little more energy. Turn to your neighbor say, wake up. Time to wake up. You got to wake up. Listen, no boring audiences. Nothing, nothing uh, to be weirded out here. This is not a sex talk. This is not a, <gasps> did he say sex? Yeah, this is not one of those talks where we say, guys, you go over here in this room. Girls, you come over here in this room. If that ever happens, you know that's the talk you're about to get, the purity talk. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that's not what we're doing tonight. Um, so here's what I want you to do. Go ahead, uh, pick up your Bible. If you've got a paper Bible, hold it up in the air. Hold it up in the air so everybody can see it. Listen, that's the OG Bible. That's the real deal. I'm not even, I'm not even real. I've got it on an iPad. Uh, but take your Bible and turn to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. We get excited about God's word. Can I, before we even really get into the message, can I just brag on our leaders? What makes me so excited during worship um, is every single Wednesday night, I look in the back of the room during worship. I'm not going to name anybody by name. Uh, worship leaders on the stage who are looking that way, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, but the, the students and, 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 and a lot of people will be up here and you're leading in worship and you're, and you're worshiping God and you're, you're singing and that's fantastic. But what I love looking at is some of our leaders in the back of the room because that's the group that they're like, I'm praising Jesus big and I don't care who sees it. I love it. I just love it when people, here's the thing, here's the thing. I, I think when I was in middle school, even in high school, uh, my hands were like down here during worship. You know what I'm saying? Like I was like, Jesus. Uh, and I was like looking around to make sure nobody thought I looked weird. And I was like looking around to make sure nobody was judging me. Am I singing too loud? I don't want somebody to think I sing bad. But the older you get, the longer you get to watch God do incredible things in your life. And the, the more you have to be thankful for, because you have more experiences. God's proven himself more times than he, when you're 20 than he did when you were 10. And so he's convinced you a little bit more. You're a little bit more in awe. And I just can't, I love seeing like people who came here as ninth graders uh, who are now leaders in this ministry. And in ninth grade, they were kind of like, Jesus. 
And then in like 12th grade, they were like, Jesus. And they were trying to get hype a little bit. And they're like, come on, guys, jump. Come on, let's go. Let's get hype. And then now as, as leaders, they're, you know, usually in the back of the room, but they're just like loud and proud. And they're, they're grateful for a God that saved them. And can we just give it up for all our leaders? I just love it. Uh, I think the more you know God, the, the louder and the less apologetic you are with your worship. And I'm not at all saying that, like, your hands up here means you're more spiritual than, than your hands down here. Don't, don't mistake that. I, uh, you express God and you express worship however you want. All right, that was your little uh, commercial break. Back to Proverbs chapter 4. We're going to look at two verses tonight, and we're going to look at two things that you should never say when you're dating. Never, ever, ever say. How many of you guys have gotten in trouble for something dumb that you said? Uh, yeah, but what, anybody want to, oh, this is a bad idea, probably a bad idea, I'm going to go with it anyway, what's something you said that got you in trouble, no cussing in church, people, don't make me regret this, oh, dear Lord, what was something, you raise your hand over here, can you shut up, nope, can't, nope, shake your head, nope, yes, you talk back to your mom, tell me you didn't talk back to your mom, oh, okay, okay, good, okay, good, Of course, it was a misunderstanding. Mom, no, I wasn't being disrespectful. Stephen, what about you? Oh, you asked a, a, a non-pregnant woman if she was pregnant? Not recently? Stephen, I just never, I never ask. I'm like, you show me a baby and then I'll ask you if you're pregnant. Like, I'm not like, when you had the baby, then I'll go, oh, you were pregnant? I had no idea. We got to keep on moving. I don't want to, I don't want to like air everybody's dirty laundry, but don't do that. Sometimes you can get in trouble for things that you say. And some, there's two things that you can get in trouble with, two things that can cause a lot of harm if you say them at the wrong time before uh, the, it, it's an appropriate time to say them. And I'll unpack those a little bit as we look at God's word. But let me pray for us real quick. Let me pray. And then uh, we'll look at the scriptures together. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for your word. God, thank you that your, your word speaks to us, uh, that you have inspired it, and that it is living and active, and it, that it, it challenges us down to our core. God, I pray that this would change the way we look at dating, at relationships, and even at ourselves. God, I pray that you would reveal uh, negative motives. God, I pray that you would reveal insecurities even and help us to be honest with ourselves as we look at your word and how we can live in a context of dating and relationships. In your name we pray, amen. All right, let's go ahead and look at the, at, uh, the first thing. The first thing you should never say, I'm going to make some of you mad. Some of you all are going to get mad and you're going to be like, I disagree. You can disagree all you want, but when you get a microphone, then we can argue. So the first thing you should never say, number one, never say I love you when you're dating. Anybody want to say amen? I'm not expecting everybody to. Anybody want to say amen? Come on, let it out, let it out. Some of you are like, I say I love you. I'm dating right now. You can keep doing that. I'm not saying you're evil. I'm not saying it's a sin. Let's talk about this. Look at uh, verse 23 in Proverbs chapter 4. This is what it says. Proverbs 4, verse 23 says, so above all, above all, no matter what, whatever it takes, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are, and pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flow the wellsprings of life. So never say, I love you. Zach, why would you say that? Because in the Hebrew, in the word that was written here originally, the word heart doesn't necessarily mean like a blood-pumping organ. Yes, you want to guard that. If that gets broken, you've got some issues, and you might have a, a, a hard uh, time of things. But the word that he's getting out here, he says, guard your thoughts, guard your will, guard your discernment, guard your uh, affections, guard your feelings. 
And I think a lot of times we, we kind of throw that away really uh, carelessly. And we say, oh, I love you. I love you. I'm committed to you. Uh, here's, let me tell you a story that's kind of embarrassing. Um, when Janae and I first started dating, my wife Janae and I, have been, we've been married three years. And um, when we first started dating, we were at school in upstate New York. And we started dating like kind of different. Like when we got together, we kind of had this like weird sit-down conversation. We were sitting on some Adirondack chairs up there. And we, we sat down in the, this, this big field, and it was getting kind of cold, but we are like, hey, uh, let's just make sure we're on the same page. Like, why? And I, I kind of went first. I was like, I think I want to date somebody that, like, I want to marry. And I was like, she's going she's gonna to be like, eh, 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 no, out of here. He said the word marry. Get out of here. But I kind of put myself out there, and she was like, me too. Like, I'm kind of trying to date somebody to figure out if I could maybe marry them. So what, what I would call that now is we were intentionally dating. And if I could be honest, I think that's the only kind of dating that you should do. Because both of us had dated other people before, and we'd just kind of done it wrong, and we, were, we hadn't made the right decisions, and we hadn't done it with the right goal in mind. And we were like, hey, that was kind of a waste of time. If we're going to date, we want to do it right. So we were dating. We were getting to know each other a little bit more and more. And I'm, like, really like led by emotions. I'm like, I, I love rom-coms. I love romantic comedies. Like I could watch them all day long. Uh, they're just hilarious. And, and then I get a little sappy at the end every single time they get me. So uh, Janae and I had been dating maybe like a month or two. And I'm walking her back to her, her dorm. And I'm like all caught up in the emotions. I'm like, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I don't know what she says, but I'm going to say it. So we're like walking back to her, her dorm. And I was like, okay, good night. Good night, and I'm like working up all my energy and my excitement. I'm like, I'm just gonna say it, put it out there. Who cares? And I said, Good night. And she said, Good night. And I said, I love you. And she said, Okay. And that was how that went. And I was like, Oh, dang it. I was like, Well, and I tried to play it off. I was like, You don't have to say it. It's okay. I, I still mean it. It was super awkward. And here's the thing uh, she eventually did say it back, uh, thank the Lord, because we've been married for three years now. But. <laughs> But, yeah, give it up for Janae, not being led by her emotions. Um, I, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I gotten caught up so much in the emotions, and emotions are not a bad thing. Emotions are real, but they're not truth. Emotions are there, and you, you don't need to ignore them. But here's what I want you to know. Love is an act, not a feeling. Love is an act, not a feeling. It's something that you do, and it's something that you can prove. It's something that can be demonstrated. And, and some of you guys, uh, like I'm not saying this negatively, uh, and I don't want to say like, you don't have the right to say I love you, and that's only for us married people. That's not what I'm really trying to get at. But a lot of us, when we're dating, we haven't been married to somebody yet. We haven't had an opportunity to demonstrate or to prove or to exercise what the Bible calls love. I don't want to steal next week's message because I'll, I'll, I'll get too excited and we'll be here for about an hour and we only got about 30 minutes. But, but what the Bible says is that uh, husbands are to love their wives in the way that Christ loved the church. And Christ loved the church by laying down his life for the church through sacrifice. And, and a lot of times in a dating relationship, like you haven't had to sacrifice a whole lot. Am I, am I, is that fair? Like, you haven't had to sacrifice a whole lot. You're, you might, you might, oh, wow, you bought her dinner. That is great. I'm being so patronizing. I'm really, really sorry. But, but you have, you don't know what love is until the other person is, is coughing all night and keeping you awake. Like, that is love. That is love. When you, when you got to take care of somebody who is sick and you're still trying to do your job, like, that is when you find out, okay, I really, okay, I do love this person. 
when, when that other person is annoying you to death the way that I know I annoy Janae on a regular basis and she's still got to choose to love me, like until you had to put up with somebody like face-to-face in close proximity living together for a long, long time and you're committed in holy matrimony before God and the state. I don't know why that's before the state. But you haven't had to truly love someone the way that the Bible talks about love. So I was all caught up in the emotions, but love is an act, not a feeling. You've not really had the, the opportunity to act on that love until you're in uh, the, the, the context of marriage. I hope I'm not, I'm not like, I don't want to be belittling. I don't want to take what is a true feeling and a true, in some level, commitment that a dating relationship can have and be like, well, that's nothing. Wait till you get married and then we'll talk. I'm not, I'm not trying to belittle in any way. Um, but it changes things when you're married. I would say now, having been married three years, that I'm like, I, I did not know what I meant when I said I love you, Janae, before. At the very least, I would say it is different and expounded on now. So let's, let's keep on moving. Here's an example. I, don't want, I want you to think about it this way. Um, dating is like a motorcycle. Write this down. It'll make sense. Dating is like a motorcycle. Marriage is like a minivan. Here's what I'm getting at. Just, no, just, you come to your own conclusion about what that means. Go ahead and let your mind wander for a second. And, and you're like, is he saying that marriage is lame? Because minivans are lame. No, not at all. Here's what I'm saying. I think a lot of us, uh, you may have been dating like, listen, if you guys have been dating seven, eight years, praise the Lord. Keep, uh, I don't know, keep going, I guess. That's, that's cool. But my question is, why? Like, why have you been dating like eight, Nine years, sometimes people, uh, I'll talk to people, we'll go out of town, we'll travel, and we, we see other people, uh, like, at a, at a dinner type thing, and they're like, how long have you guys been together? I'm like, well, four or five years, we've only been married three, well, how long have you guys been together? They're like, 15, but we're not settling down anytime soon. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Dating is like a motorcycle, because motorcycles can go really fast. They, they're a lot of fun to drive. But if you drive a motorcycle for a really long time, it can start to get uncomfortable. I know that motorcycles are not for married people because my wife told me to. Um, I I wanted to get a motorcycle, and she was like, no, they're not for married people. And I was like, okay, uh, no motorcycle, but what if no? And and so I have no motorcycle, and maybe this is just a little bit of uh, counseling working its way out, bitterness about not having a motorcycle. But motorcycles, I don't, I don't have one, but I know people that do. And what I see all the time is when people go on, like, long rides, like, you know, they're going, I'm going to go on a cross-country motorcycle. Good for you. What they do, like, every 30 to 50 miles is they got to stop and stretch because their legs are getting sore. Their back is getting sore. It's very uncomfortable and jarring on your body. Motorcycles are cool, but you're not supposed to stay on them for a really long time. And that's the same concept as dating. Listen, I'm not, like, saying it's a sin, but I'm kind of against, like, seven, eight-year dating relationships for a few reasons. Number one, it is incredibly difficult to stay pure and to not jump in bed with one another when you've been together that long. And did he just say that? Yeah, that is exactly what I said. Because you get to know one another a lot closer, and you're like, I really, really like him. Uh, I really, really like her. And we're, we're, we're trying to do this the godly way. We don't do that until we're married. But like, you get like attracted to people in ways that you didn't know you could when you're that close and when you're planning on getting married. And some of us have been on the motorcycle too long. And listen, maybe when you start dating at 12 or 13, it is a little bit unrealistic to maintain a healthy pace in that relationship until uh, God is ready for you to, to, to exercise the fulfillment of that relationship in an idea that he designed called marriage. I like this topic. I like this topic. I, I, I just, I, I get all caught up on this. Minivans, though, 
Listen, how many of you, your folks, your folks have or had a minivan? By round of applause. By round of applause. Round of applause. I do wish I had a motorcycle, but I'm not allowed because my wife says no. Uh, SUVs are cool. They are cooler than minivans. That's the truth. If your mom is on the Suburban train or the Tahoe Expedition, that's cool. Way cooler. But you don't know the comfort of a 1999 Chrysler Town and Country, the white kind with the, the wood paneling on the side, that is the height of long distance luxury right there. That is as comfortable as you can get on the highway. And me and my family, we would go from Florida to Michigan like every sum, summer for like 10 years in a row. And we would throw a bunch of pillows in the back and then we put an N64 with a big fat TV, not like wide, but I mean fat. You don't know what those kind of TVs look like because you're too young. And we'd play uh, Super Smash Brothers the whole way. And it was super comfortable because that car wasn't designed to look cool. That car was designed for long distance. Listen, motorcycles are fun. They can be fast. But you're not supposed to stay on them for a long, 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 long time. And I'm, I'm just humbly putting this out there to you. If you're 13 or 14 and you think you found the love of your life, I'm no one to tell you that you're wrong. I'm no one to tell you that you haven't. But maybe the first step in that relationship is, hey, I want to be your friend. Can we be friends? All right. And then you come back in three or four years and say, hey, marriage is actually like kind of on the horizon. Maybe like you should get to, to work like knowing one another. Could you, could you go on a date? Could you go on a date? That'd be great. Here's uh, the thing that I think I missed all the way back here. A lot of us are worried about that kind of commitment. We're worried about like uh, 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 something along those lines. But I need you to realize that a date is an event. It's not a commitment. And sometimes we, we, this is what happens when we apply what the Bible says about marriage to dating. They're not the same thing. So you'll read Bible verses in 1 Corinthians where it says that, you know, love endures and love never gives up. And you're like, well, I can't give up on them. Yeah, you can because there's no ring on your finger. Hallelujah. Amen. Can somebody say amen? If he's a bum, you don't got to stay with him. Tell him to go get his stuff together and then you can come. Oh, y'all aren't ready to listen to this. Y'all don't want to have healthy dating relationships. You don't want to have a good dating relationship. You don't want relationship goals. If he's a bum, tell him to, hey, go get your stuff together. You don't got to stay with him. Can the ladies at least say amen? Can the ladies at least say amen? You're ready to be a good girlfriend. We, we had a sermon called Bad Boyfriends two or three months ago. All the guys hated me after that message. Uh, it's all right. Girls, this, you can, we don't have a title for the sermon, but you can call it Good Girlfriends if you want to. Um, I'm on your side tonight. I'm on your side. Hey, uh, got to keep on moving. Got to keep on moving. Uh, I'm, I'm just kind of against these long-term dating relationships, not because they're evil, not because they're sin, uh, but just they're really, really difficult. The second thing, second thing, we've got to go quick. To never say in a relationship, say it with me, forever, forever, and ever, and ever, and ever, and ever. What do I mean by that? Don't, don't have these kind of conversations where you've been dating for like six months, or you've been dating for like a year, and marriage is still three to five years away at least, and you're saying, hey, we're always going to be together. Guys, you're guilty of this because it's emotional manipulation. I've been you. Don't do it. Don't do it. Somebody's about to get saved back there. Don't have these conversations where he's like, we're always going to be together. Don't talk about your marriage when it's way too far out in, a, in the distance and you don't know. Listen, uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Read this verse with me. In verse 24, it says this. Avoid dishonest speech and pretentious words. Be free from any perverse words. 
no matter what. Say pretentious. Uh, that's a mouthful. Some of you guys are like, I don't know if I can say that, Zach. The definition, I got it up here. Can we look at this? The definition of pretentious, I looked it up for us. I do have it up there, don't I? I hope I didn't lose it. Yeah, here it is. Making unjustified or unwarranted claims. In short, you could translate it like this. Don't promise something that you don't know you can deliver. Guys especially lead in the relationship. You want to talk about guarding her heart? You want to talk about guarding the heart, not just yours, but the heart of the person you're trying to date? Don't set them up for a disappointment that is maybe out of your control. You're 15 and 16, you're like, we're going to get married, and, and this is going to be beautiful. What kind of dress do you want to wear? Oh, that's a great idea. I love that one, too. And then a couple years later, you go to college, and, and, and maybe you stay together for a while, but at some point, maybe God says, this is not the relationship for you. Uh, I got something different for her. I got something for, different for you. And then you break her heart because there's these unrealized expectations. Listen, over-promise, under-deliver. That's what just happened there. When you overpromise and underdeliver, hearts get broken, and, and, and you don't want to be on the other end of that. You don't want to be on the other end of that emotional trauma. I, I want to close with this illustration. Here's what dating is. I think we, we're, we're having to reframe what dating is, this entire message. Dating is like an interview. Dating is like an interview. Is this the kind of guy, is this the kind of girl that I could spend the rest of my life with? Intentional dating for the purpose of marriage is the only reason to date. If you want to argue with me, come and argue with me. But anything else is wasting your time, their time, your emotions, their emotions. Every time that you break up with somebody, every time you are, you are leaving a small part of your heart behind with that relationship, and you've given something away emotionally, maybe even physically, that maybe wasn't theirs to keep. But they are going to keep it. And so uh, you've got to think about this long-term what is, is this somebody that I could marry? So dating is like an interview. And some of these big jobs that you, you could apply for, if you're going to apply for a job that makes a lot of money, it's a big deal. And I think marriage is a big deal. You might even have several interviews. You might even have to go through, like, I'm going to meet with the guy at the front desk. And if he says I can talk to the next guy, then maybe I'll talk with the district manager. And if the district manager says I can talk to the next guy, then maybe I'll talk to the CEO. And if he says I can stay, then I'll get the job. There's a lot of people that you, you might find yourself dating at some point in life that they never should have made it past the first interview. Listen, if they don't believe the same things as you, if they don't have the same beliefs about God, about family, uh, I'm not saying you've got to be the same person because you'll never meet somebody who's exactly the same. But if you're not compatible, at least to the point, don't give them the first interview. And if you're not, if this is not working out long term, don't feel like you're in a commitment. Don't feel like you are breaking some kind of covenant because, uh, like I said before, a date is an event, not a commitment. And so a lot of times when you make these false expectations and you say, honey, we're going to get married, honey, we're going to get date, we're, we're going to date forever, and then I'm going to go to college and I'll come back and we'll get married and you're going to wear this kind of dress and we'll live in this kind of house. And what are we going to name our dog? Our dog's going to name Spot. No, a do Spot's a, dunk, a, 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 do a dumb name. So let's call him uh, uh, Sparky instead. And you've, you've created this vision in the other person's mind and even in your mind that when you destroy it, it's catastrophic and heartbreaking. And it's like going through that whole interview process and try to spend the paycheck when you're still interviewing. And you haven't, got, you haven't even got the job. You haven't even gotten the two weeks and, and, and not gotten fired. You're like, you, you are getting ahead of yourself, and you're hurting a lot of people. You are going to have some, some overdrafts on that account. Don't ever, and listen, 
I understand this is when you're proposing and you're like, hey, we're really, really serious about marriage. It's imminent. Yeah, you can say I love you. I'm not saying it's a sin. I'm not saying it's evil. But especially early on in a relationship, never say I love you. Never say forever. Live in such a way that you are protecting your heart and their heart because everything about who you are flows from your heart, from your emotions, your affections, and all these things. And then don't be dishonest with what you have to say because a lot of times you're, you're, you're dangling that carrot to try to insinuate that there's more commitment that there, than there really is and so that you can get something in return. Don't do it. 